All right, I just needed to start our recording and um, welcome to April. Our theme this month is, um, oh my gosh, I'm getting a message here saying that I'm muted. I don't think I'm muted. Okay, so welcome to April for room one. We are so happy to have you here. Um, our theme this month is kind of funny. It's April showers and dumpster fires. I guess like April showers brings May flowers, but so we were thinking dumpster fires might be something more appropriate to talk about um, because it's stuff that we probably encounter readily and routinely. So um, thought work can be a useful tool to help manage our minds when we're experiencing dumpster fires. Anyway, um, on the first day of the month, though, we want to go back to the basics and just do a model review. Um, we never know where people are on this journey of thought work. And so I think just kind of having fidelity to the model and understanding what the model is and what is it, it can do for us is a useful exercise to do. So I'll review that first and then, um, and then we'll launch into any questions and we can even do some coaching too. It depends on what you guys want. Um, I was playing around a little bit with this um, tool called whiteboard. So I'm going to share my screen and see if I can do this here and see if it works out. Um, okay. So Let's see here. I want to make sure I can get some feedback and make sure this is working. So hold on just a second. If anybody can tell me if they were able to see that white screen, that would be really useful. So I'm going to share again. Maybe I'll make it a little bit bigger, but not super huge. Okay. All right. This is the model. Uh-oh, you're gonna suffer from my typing. So the model is this really basic here. So the C stands for um, circumstance and the T stands for thoughts. The F is feelings. A is actions. And R is results. And um, this is pretty cool because anytime we have anything we encounter, like anything literally in the observable world, it goes up in the circumstance line. It's a neutral thing that just exists. And we make meaning out of things with our brains. So we have thoughts about stuff and that is what gives it meaning in our lives and creates a lived experience. So we can put any circumstance up here in the C line that will trigger a thought. And then our thoughts will then create our feelings where the thought starts in your brain. And then this kind of cascade of events happens in your neurologic system that goes out to your body. And that just creates vibrations in your body, which is just a feeling or an emotion. And then um, our emotions, our feelings then will drive us to act. They might drive us to react or do nothing, so or inaction. And then our actions are what create our results. And the results end up kind of tying back to the original thought that we had because our brains, no matter what we're thinking, whether we're consciously aware or, or we're intentional with our thoughts, our thoughts will always produce a result. And um, our brains will find evidence to support our thoughts and beliefs, or our brains will create evidence to support our thoughts and beliefs. So it's really fascinating how that works. 
Um, one of the easiest things to do is actually to go through a model with coaching. So let me just pause there and um, I'll stop screen share and hopefully I won't mess up, mess up the, uh, hopefully I won't mess that up. Um, hopefully we will be able to do some coaching here if we get a volunteer. I'll just wait a couple minutes and just allow anybody to jump on. I'm not so sure I'm sold on that whiteboard yet. I guess I just need a little more practice. So while, um, while I wait for people to come up with a question or volunteer question, I'll just write the model out right here. Ooh. Yikes, my markers. Okay, so for those of you who are just joining us, I started out um, trying to get cute with the Zoom whiteboard and I'm not so sure I like it because it's kind of clunky for me. So I'll just go back to the good old fashioned board here and review the model one more time. So our circumstances are just the things that happen, the neutral facts of life, and they trigger us to have thoughts. We um, basically have thoughts and that's how we assign meaning to things in the world. And then our thoughts will um, basically cause us to have our feelings and then our feelings drive our actions. Our actions will then create our results. And then the result will always tie back to the original thought. And lately what I've been doing when I've been kind of thinking about the model and using this in, in my own life is trying to separate out what I can control and what I cannot control. And so outside of us is here and we can't control that, but inside of us is here and that's where we have all of our power. So for us to make decisions or live a life where we're empowered, these are the different things that we can move around in and have some intentionality with it. Um, so with that, do we have anybody who might have something that they would like coached on or have a question about the model or a model we could go through um, for yourselves? If not, I will just make one up right now. We'll make one up about the day. I'll just, I'm just gonna make one up then. So I had a surgery this morning, it was an add-on, but it started at six o'clock. Um, and I had it start that early because I um, had a full day of clinic and stuff I needed to get to. So I added on for six o'clock. And so of course, um, that's triggering a thought. The thought is, um, well, it was like a lot of thoughts that were coming because that's typically what happens, right? We have this thing, the event or the neutral circumstance, and then we have this flood of thoughts. It's sometimes a frenzy. So probably the one this morning that was the most um, kind of like irritating because I was irritated. Let's go there. I was feeling irritated. And I was like, why did I schedule this for 6 a.m.? So anytime you come up with a uh, question when you're going through your own models, you can just answer the question. So for me, like I was really beating myself up about it. I was like, damn it, you're such an idiot. Why'd you schedule this for 6 a.m.? So the, the, the real thought is, is you're such an idiot. Um, and then, so of course I'm irritated because I'm irritated at myself. And what do I do? I then go into like a thought loop where I judge myself more. So I'm thinking in my actions, like more self-judgment. Um, 
I hit my snooze button like twice, which was not helpful because then I had to rush and I was cranky with my husband because he wasn't getting his butt out of bed to make the school lunches and whatnot. Um, so then basically I literally became an idiot because I was acting like a total asshole to myself and everybody. I just became the idiot. <laughs> now I've been doing this coaching for like almost four years now. And so this is so funny because just because you learn this technique doesn't mean you like magically stop having shitty thoughts. The shitty thoughts are a part of being a human being. Um, but this tool, what it allows me to do is be like, Oh, well, of course I'm just doing that again because I'm a human. So this sort of thing now, if I can just kind of slow myself down and just plug it into this model, it helps me understand why I'm thinking or feeling or doing whatever it is that I'm doing. And particularly if it's something unpleasant like this was unpleasant, then I can kind of take it one level deeper and say, okay, well, of course I'm acting this way because like the sun's not even up yet. And I feel like shit in the morning time. So, you know, this is, of course I'm feeling this way. And of course I'm thinking this way. And I can really give myself like a lot of slack after I put all this in and do, you know, the self-judgment can end much more quickly than it would have if I didn't have this ability. So you can see how I literally created this result where I became an idiot because I was, you know, thinking this, I was feeling irritated and then acting out. And then that's my result. So that's a really quick, simple example of how the model works. Um, and it works for everything. And um, one of the things that I've been kind of kicking around with lately too, is this whole idea, like coaching is interesting because there, it, it doesn't require any um, like degree or special training. Like any person can just be like, I'm a life coach. And that's a little bit scary to me, um, because there's a lot out there right now that basically just suggests that you just like kind of magically change your thoughts and everything is fine. It's like toxic positivity. And I think the real power of this is not being toxically positive because that's not even realistic. The real power in it is recognizing that there are things outside and there are things inside. And when we know where our, we can have the most um, you know, control basically, or illusion of control. Um, basically it's like, okay, well, I can come here and I can still have this thought and recognize that I'm a human being and this is not a problem. And so even though you still have the thoughts, it's not like you're just magically erasing them or trying to go to a happy thought or something like that. It's just giving you a framework to understand the human mind and the human experience. That's basically what it is. I get verbal diarrhea, so fair warning. Okay, with that, let me just um, then pause for a moment and see if anybody now has any questions now that I've put an example um, or see if anybody wants to be coached. That would be excellent. I'll give you a couple minutes there. Any questions at all? If there aren't any questions and if there isn't anything that somebody wants to be coached on, that's okay. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about how you can use this to your advantage. Um, if you wanna even think about like, a lot of people might think about this completely differently because obviously this was my experience. So if we lined up 10 orthopedic surgeons and they all are, well, I'm an orthopedic surgeon. That's why I use that example. So if we use 10 surgeons say, and they have a 6 a.m. start, probably, you know, we're going to get kind of a variety of responses to that. There are some people who are going to be ecstatic. There are other people who will be, you know, having a negative response like I did. Um, there 
it just goes to show that that's why the circumstance is actually neutral. It's just a fact kind of hanging out there in the universe. And then we give it meaning by having a thought about it. So you can easily see how other surgeons might look at that circumstance and be like, that's amazing. That's so awesome that that gets done early and didn't have to wait till the end of the day. Um, uh, or, you know, somebody else might think, oh my God, I can never, I can, I hate getting up that early or whatever. So you can imagine how there's like a variety of responses to the same circumstance. Um, so it's an example of how the circumstance is neutral and we just give it meaning by having a thought about it. And I could easily give it a different meaning if I practice. Um, the other thing is, is if you're using this in your own self-coaching practice, then you don't actually have to start at the top and go down or whatever. You can actually start anywhere in the model and work your way up or down. So this is something that I'll do if I don't exactly know what I'm thinking at the time, because a lot of our thinking is actually unconscious. It's not like we're consciously aware of what we're thinking, but you can tune in a little more easily sometimes to what you're feeling. So if you're able to tune into what you're feeling and kind of name that, then you can say, okay, well, what am I thinking that's creating this? If you know that your thoughts create your feelings, then you can think, oh, what's, what am I thinking that's creating this feeling? And sometimes it takes a little bit of um, patience and teasing apart what the thoughts are that are causing that feeling. But once you can do that, it can kind of um, uncover or unmask some hidden beliefs you might have that you weren't even aware we're kind of at play. Um, and then you can also start even in the R line. If there's something you want to do or accomplish or some kind of a result you have in mind, you can do lots of planning by creating models um, where you know what your result is that you would like, and then you work backwards. So one of my coaching partners, Amy Vertries, is a runner. Um, I'm, I've I'm a wannabe runner. I'm just now getting into this like mindset where I say I'm a runner. But anyway, she's going to run a marathon later this year. And I thought, what if I did too? <laughs> so I'm thinking, okay, I can put run marathon here into the R line. Um, so let me just do that and show you how that works. Since we don't have volunteers, you guys, come on. Um, okay. So if I... We'll just put like marathon up here in the sea line, or we could put running, whatever. So if this is a future goal that I have and I put run marathon in the R line, mind you, the most I've ever run is three miles. And that was like 25 years ago. <laughs> so run marathon. What would I actually need to do? So the action line, what would I need to do to be able to run a marathon? So that's train. Um, probably, you know, rest, I imagine. Stretch consistently. Um, eat well. Um, maybe talk with other people who are training. So talk with community, we'll say. Um, buy new shoes. You get the picture. So you can basically have your goal and then what would you need to do to actually get to that goal? And then you say, okay, what kind of energy would I need to have to do these things? And that's where your feeling comes in. Because if, if I am coming from a feeling of, uh, dread or a feeling of, um, like a feeling of worry or a feeling of uh, doubt, clearly I'm not gonna be able to do these actions. But if I'm coming from a place of excitement or commitment or motivation, then that would lead to me being able to actually accomplish these things. So as I even said those feelings just now, I think probably the feeling that resonated the most with being able to kind of do the things you need to do to train for a marathon is committed. So I need to feel committed. And I hope I spell that right, committed to do these things. So then I have to say, okay, well, for me to have a feeling of committed in my body, what would I need to think? So 
probably for me, it would be like, um, something like I, like, I know I can do this lifelong bucket list item, or it's time for me to do this lifelong bucket list item, or it's like, it's as good as done that I can do this at this time in my life. Something along those lines. I like, it's as good as done. My seat sounds like I'm farting. So I hope you don't mind my sound effects. So like with regards to this bucket list item. So now you can see like if you have a goal in the future, you can use the model to actually prog out what you're going to do. And now this, you know, you can keep with you and it can become the thing that you use on a daily basis to help keep you thinking in that way. Because none of this is woo woo. This is just neural pathways. That is it. So let me shift gears a little bit and talk a little bit our brain about our brains. I hope we don't have a neurosurgeon on, or maybe I do hope we do because then you can correct me if I'm wrong, but, um, and then if anybody has anything they'd like coached on or have questions as I go, um, then please just raise your hand or, um, put something in the chat. So, um, our brains are pretty amazing. So we have these different parts of our brains that we've all learned about in med school, but the two primary places where we have like our operating systems is our primitive brain and then the prefrontal cortex. So the primitive brain is like the, um, the thing that keeps us alive. It is super powerful and loud and it gets a lot of airtime. So it's the, it's the part of our brains that, um, help keep us safe. They help keep us out of danger. They, um, you know, like provide lots of warnings. It, it's always cautionary. And then our prefrontal cortex is the planning center, which we know, cause we all know how to plan surgery. And, um, so this whole coaching thing is just a matter of like recognizing that your primitive brain is there and has a purpose and then saying, but I'm going to do this thing anyway. And so then you shift into your prefrontal cortex and then start laying down new neural pathways for how you want to think. That's it. And just as easily as you can learn any skill, like doing surgery or whatever, you can learn to think in a different way. It's like creating a new pattern or a new habit. Um, okay. Yay. We have somebody who wants to be coached. So alrighty. Number 16, here we go. Let me promote you to panelist. And um, if you can unmute yourself and then we'll get going. Go ahead. I need a little bit of background noise. So let me know if that's an issue or not. Well, as long as it's not as like loud as my chair farts, then it's gonna be fine. Okay. Um, so you presenting that model where you kind of start with your goal was, was interesting to me or to the result. Yeah. Um, and I guess I have a few things going on. So I'll just do like a thought download first. Please. So I want, the short of it is I want to like take a break. Like I feel overwhelmed and, and somewhat burnt out, you know, mm -hmm. not completely. So mm -hmm. like what sounds amazing to me right now is to not work, not take care of my children not like do anything productive and I don't even know for how long but um I definitely can't see how that would happen like I feel like I have a lot of limiting thoughts when it comes to that mm -hmm. so yeah let's do it um and thank you for mentioning the term thought download because we have new people on I think this time around and so I forgot to mention <laughs> like key key step is um when we are getting ready to do a model, it's useful to kind of dump out your thoughts. It's just called a thought download where you just write down or talk out what's going on in your brain. It's pretty simple. Okay. So let's do a model for 16. A R. So the result is take a break. Mm -hmm. Do you know what taking a break looks like for you? 
Um, not necessarily, but I, I mean, okay. So I guess if I could really do whatever I want, I want to like do whatever I want when I want to do it, <laughs> like just read books for fun and sleep in till whenever I want and, um, not have all the obligations I feel like I have. Um, like for a week or forever or, um, um, I mean, my thought is temporarily, my thought yeah. is that I get bored after a little while. <laughs> okay. So it sounds like you do have kind of an idea of what your break looks like. And I just want to get clear on what that means for you. So that means that you would have some defined period of time where you would just basically like get to do whatever you want. Yeah. Okay. Great. So what would you need to do to take a break? I would need someone to help me take care of the kids. So we need to find childcare. Mm-hmm. Okay. What else? I would need someone to cover my patients. Okay. Get, uh, um, I'll just put MD coverage. Mm-hmm. What else? Um, I also have a pet, so I need pet care. Okay. What else? Um, I have to make sure like I still have enough money to pay bills and, you know, make sure the mm-hmm. finances work out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Would you have to book any travel or could this be done in your home? Mm, I could probably like, I think I would think I should go somewhere, but I think I really just maybe want to stay home. (laughs) Okay. So then we don't have to book any plans. So, Mm -hmm. um, so you'll just stay home and then would you need to like do anything for groceries or, um, I want this to be like super specific because I think what you'll find is, is this kind of doable (laughs) because it just Mm -hmm. makes your plan for you. So great. Like, what else do you think you'd have to do? Um, yeah. So if I just stayed home for it, I'd have to figure out to find some time and space for myself. I, mm-hmm. cause I would want that. And if I'm home, my children are there and my husband is there and, you know. Yeah. Define space. And by the way, this is your plan. So you get to change it whenever you want. So if you decide, well, like it's not going to be really feasible to do this at my home, then maybe, you know, like, even if you didn't leave your city, there are other places to, you know, right. Just like be, but anyway, my family somewhere else. <laughs> um, all right. Is there anything else you can think of? Um, yeah, I mean, if I'm home, it makes it easier because, you know, just go to the grocery store, have food, have my fridge, have everything I need, you know? Mm-hmm. So. so if you were home though, you probably have to create some boundaries yes. for your family. So we'll just put that, maybe create boundaries. Um, I'm just going to put, I'm going to offer something and just, you know, maybe this is something you would do or not, but like, we have a tendency to, and I didn't mention this in my marathon plan, but we will start having a lot of negative self-talk often and um, think, you know, start to think of all the reasons why we shouldn't do something or don't deserve this or whatever. And so this, that might be an example of something to not do, right? Like you're not going to judge yourself. You're not going to talk yourself out of it. Like to actively say, I'm not going to do these things. Yeah which I could have easily put on the marathon plan too. So don't, um, you know, negative. I'll just put negative self-talk for now. Yeah, I think and maybe this isn't an action, but maybe don't, because the guilt is going to gonna get me. <laughs> right. That, that, that will happen if you, if you start with like a different line of thinking. So we'll get to that in just a second. So I think for now, this is probably pretty illustrative. So mm-hmm. what feeling do you think you would need to have in an effort to actually do these things? 
I think that um, feeling like excited about it, you mm-hmm. know, and that um, that's going to be helpful. Um, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm stealing for you too, but I think I do need to be committed to it. You know, mm-hmm. if I don't, if I don't um, really want it to happen, then, you know, if I don't commit to it, then it it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, this is really fun too, because like when you're using the model for a future plan, like this can be used for literally any future plan. Like if you want to get a promotion, if you want to like do a manuscript, if you want to take a break, it's like any goal can go into the result and you can work backwards and you can actually have more than one model. So you can kind of play around with it and just see what, resonates for you. So you might try one where you use excite, excited as the feeling. And you notice this is like really working. Like Mm -hmm. if I feel excited, I really do think I'm going to do these things. Like you can envision it, or you can do it with committed and see, does that seem like it has a little more kind of, um, oomph behind it, or even like, like, what if it, you deserve it? Like, what if you feel like you deserve it? You're deserving or, you know, like worthy, Like, so Mm -hmm. even other feelings could be practiced and just see what works for you. And then you'll finally stumble on the one that is like the magic, the magic one that then you can practice. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway, so which one do you want to go with excited or um, excited? Okay. And then what would you need to think to create the feeling of excited in your body? Um, I need to think like, it's going to be restorative and like fun, you know, I can, mm-hmm. I can do what I want. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Free, freeing. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you tell me what was the thought that makes you feel excited? Um, the freedom of it, like being able to planning some time where I can just do whatever I want. It makes me feel excited. It would make me feel mm-hmm. excited. That's right. So, um, let's see, I will feel, um, I guess I, you said free or freedom Mm -hmm. free when I take a break. Um, the other interesting thing about this particular thought, it's there's no wrong thought. So that's like, you get to just think whatever you want. But one of the things that's really interesting about the model is, is if you want to, f- if you, if it's a feeling that you're looking for, like, how do you think you're going to feel when you get there? Then that's a really interesting thing to do self-coaching. And I'm not trying to discourage you from taking this break because this break sounds freaking phenomenal. And I want to mm-hmm. like be your cheerleader and getting you there. Um, but like, if, if it's a feeling of freedom that you're in search of, then that's another thing you can do self-coaching on because sure. it could, it could be that you actually have some of these things accessible to you right now without taking a break, but that's a, that's for a different discussion. This is on using the model for planning purposes. So, um, so we'll just put break here up here in your circumstance because it's neutral, right? People take breaks all the time. People just like decide, like there's a, there's this word called sabbatical for people who do other jobs (laughs) and they just like take a break on purpose. It's like supposed to totally rejuvenate their brain. Right. It's like built into other people's lives, but, um, for surgeons, not so much. It was really interesting. If, um, they did a documentary on the Mayo Clinic and the, um, the Mayo brothers, that's where they were. They were surgeons. They yeah. regularly took like three month breaks to just go travel the world and like, do stuff. So anyway, so this is really interesting about like taking a break and kind of our thoughts and beliefs. I mean, well, if you don't mind, yeah. can we just talk a little bit about it? Because it's almost like now in our culture, the idea of taking a break is like a bad word or something. It's like, what do you mean? Take a break? Like what? Mm -hmm. And then, and then we start to have these kind of like thoughts of responsibility and guilt. Even you mentioned guilt, like Mm -hmm. I can't take a break. Um, who's going to take care of my patients. Who's going to watch my kids. 
like I'm some kind of horrible person if I take a break. Um, mm-hmm. But it's the opposite, right? Like when you take a break, it is, it's like this investment that mm-hmm. only grows what you have available to serve yourself and everybody else around you. It's not, it doesn't detract the way it sounds like when we're like, oh my gosh, I've got to get coverage in this and that. And, um, and we heap on meaning to things especially women. And I'm like on a women rampage right now, cause I'm doing this feminist coaching training. And so I'm learning a lot about how we're socialized and, mm-hmm. and then how different intersectional identities further marginalize women. But it's really shocking how we define our inherent value and how we don't even think we're worthwhile, like worth taking up space if we don't look a certain way or, speak a certain way or act a certain way or produce a certain amount or care enough about the people around us or have babies or whatever. And it's super fascinating because this kind of like ties in with that. Like, how could you possibly take a break when you're mm-hmm. the one that's got to be caring for the children? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, I kind of went off on a tangent there a little bit, but I think you should take a break. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm feeling, I mean, and this, we were kind of going backwards on this to where I want to be, but definitely a lot of those feelings have prevented me from taking the leap, like, like, like guilt and um, like, you don't deserve it and like responsibility mm-hmm. and, um, you know. Um, so maybe in your A line, if this ends up becoming a plan for you to actually execute and get your result here, you could do self-coaching in your A line to, um, you know, to, to deal with those things when they inevitably will come up. Cause it's just, I mean, mm-hmm. you're a human being. So of course it's going to come up, mm-hmm. um, but that could be in part of the plan too. I do self-coaching. I didn't put it on my run thing. I'm on like day five of the 28 week <laughs> marathon plan. So mm-hmm. it's a lot of self-coaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for volunteering. I really appreciate it. Is there anything else that you want to talk about with using the model to create a result? Uh, no, that was helpful. I like that. I'm going to write that one down. And then what is this becomes then is a plan. And then anytime you have a stumbling block, um, then that is great because you can just use that and do a model on it and turn it into like the next step to get you the next you know, measure closer to whatever the goal is that you have in mind. Um, and, um, I forgot what else I was going to say. I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Wonderful. Do you have any other questions or let me put it out there to anybody else. If they have other questions, we can do another round of coaching. Or if there's anything else you want to be coached on, we've got a quiet bunch today. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, we could pull out one of those those thoughts around this, you yeah. know, probably the two things that hold me up is feeling like, like taking, I shouldn't need a break from my children as a mother, you know? Oh, that's a good thought. Let's, let's do that one. Sure. We're going to start your plan now by doing a coaching. <laughs> right. <part of> it. <laughs> okay. I shouldn't need a break for my children. Mm-hmm. How many kids do you have? Two. When you think that thought, how do you feel? Uh, guilty. And when you feel guilty, what do you do? Um, beat myself up a, a bit, you know? Yeah, you do. What else? Um, don't take a break. Don't <laughs> take a break. Exactly. <laughs> 
I get more frustrated with those around me who I think, you know, um, should maybe help me with my children. So that, (laughs) yeah. So, okay. So you, what was that? You get frustrated with people around you who should be helping you? Maybe. Yeah. I think I'm getting a little, uh, mixed up and I'm not keeping it pure, you know, that's okay. Um, cause it's more about me like wrestling with the idea that like, if I take a couple of weeks away and not really take care of my children for two weeks, am I a bad mother? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it ends up like in, I'm sure in the process, you're probably judging other people who you think should be helping you because that's what we do. Like Mm -hmm. I judge my mother-in-law all the time because I'm like, she's like a mile away. She's like, right. you know, (laughs) functional and has a vehicle, but. And they're retired. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, so, I mean, of course that sort of stuff comes up, but like, I understand what you're saying in this particular context. It's like the crap you're heaping on yourself, like Mm -hmm. the level of like self-flagellation for Mm -hmm even daring to take a, wanting to take a break from your children. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think the beating yourself up is key for the action. Mm -hmm. And then what the result is you don't get a break. Mm -hmm. Not only do you not get a break, but like, it's, um, it's like the opposite of a break. Yeah. You don't, I mean, when, when we're beating ourselves up on top of it, it's like when it's like suffering magnified, right? Not Mm -hmm. only do you feel guilty, but then you're like punching yourself in the face at the same time. So you're like, you know, have a bruise and you feel guilty. Um, okay. So we can see how that ties back, but here, this is the thought, right? Like, so why do you think you shouldn't need a break from your kids? Yeah. Part of it is I, so I feel guilt like that I'm then heaping. So so I was saying earlier that I get frustrated that others won't help, but then at the same time, I feel guilt if I heap all that on others. Like if I just, cause I'm talking about more of an extended break, not like an hour and taking a bath, like, you know, going away for a couple of weeks or something. So then I feel guilty about putting that on my husband or, you know, for but two why? weeks. Um, good question. <laughs> Yeah, because this is like kind of important to answer if you can, and and there's no, you know, it's not a test. There's no right or wrong answer, but it's just like for you, what does this mean? Like, if you're thinking this, you know, what does it mean? Does it mean that you're a bad mom? Does it mean that you're a bad wife? Does it mean, you know, what is it that you're making this mean? Yeah, I do think I, it is a judgment on myself. Like, am I a good mom if I can just leave them, you know, and go do something for myself mm-hmm. <laughs> for an extended period? Yeah. And so um, when, when you say that, like kind of in that question form, is that what you think? Do you think you're a bad mom because you want to leave them for a little bit? No, I don't think I really believe that actually. And if if someone else told it to me, I wouldn't think that either. Yeah. So isn't that interesting how this is probably in your unconscious, I imagine, right? It's probably not. And then, and it probably like pops up for air and like dominates for a little bit and then goes back down. Mm -hmm. But, but it's interesting if we just question where that comes from and then And then you can decide, well, is this working for me? Because if it is, and you want to think that, then that's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, But if it isn't working for you, then you can just question it. You can be like, well, okay, I think that's kind of bullshit. So maybe I don't need to think that. Mm -hmm. So you have the absolute power to do whichever you want and not feel bad about anything. Like if, if you want to feel this way, then that's great. And you don't have to like heap it on even more. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you don't, then you can just release it. That sounds really easy for me when I, when I just say that, but it's not, it, mm-hmm. there's a, there's like this whole process we call ARCA, 
Can you see down here? It's called mm -hmm. Arca. Um, it's like once you realize you have this belief, so this so the awareness, mm -hmm. and so you have awareness now of this, and you're like, oh wait, what? Do I really think I'm a bad mom? Like you have awareness of it, and then the next thing that happens is you'll just want to re resist it because that's my internet keeps freezing. So I hope you guys can hear me. Um, so we, then we go into resistance because our brains don't want to let go of these things. Like your brain just wants you to think that of course your brain is going to do that. And part of that is because of the way likely you were socialized. If you were raised in a Western country mm -hmm. um, and honestly, even if you weren't raised in a Western country, cause pretty much women have been, um, like either somebody's property or somebody's like subject for ever. Mm -hmm. So that I think there are more cultures than not that women have in, have an internalized socialization that suggests that they are not deserving of anything more than just like basically taking care of children all day long mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever commodity that they, that their bodies are, they can provide. So why would we even think that we're like, a human being who's worthy and has agency outside of that when that's like kind of the water we're swimming in our whole lives. It's mm -hmm. so insidious no, and we don't think about it. Um, but anyway, now that you know it, then you can question it and then probably resist it. So that's what the R is. Mm -hmm. But to kind of move out of resistance, that's where curiosity comes in. So the curiosity can help you if you're just like asking questions of yourself, like, oh, well, do I want to believe this? Or I wonder why I believe this or whatever. So you can just get curiosity or like, what would my life look like if I didn't believe this? Mm -hmm. Do I think other people should live this way? You know, there's all kinds of questions you can ask to be curious about your own thought. And then after that, you come into acceptance. And that's when you can be like, oh, okay, I can let this go. I can just release it or I'll keep it. So you just get to decide. So hopefully that makes sense, but it's a process. Yeah, totally. Especially if it's from birth. <laughs> it is seriously. Um, yeah. So um, the, the other funny thing is about like when we should say I should or shouldn't do, it's all manual stuff, like manuals we have for ourselves. And of course, where does that manual come from? Um, but there are lots of people who would say you should take a break from your children. Right. Right. Because honestly, like if you're, I call it white knuckling. If you're just like, oh, motherfuckers, I got to get out of this house. I mean, I've been there. <laughs> um, taking a break is the best thing you can do for your children. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There are a lot of people who would say that. And then you fill up your own tank. Right. Yeah, I've, I think we've heard the whole like self-care, fill up your whole tank thing. And that's, I think part of it is our conditioning as, as women. And especially, I mean, my mother was like, what I saw growing up is she never did that. So mm -hmm. um, that's been a hard one that I've been working on for a while. Yeah. So we think we're selfish because we want to take a break. But in reality, it's actually the opposite of selfish. You know, it's just so trippy to me to think that like actually just staying in, I'll just use my, I don't want to put words in your mouth. So I'll just use my own house as an example, but like staying in such an unhealthy place, I was for a really, really long time. And I was not showing up as a good mom during those times. I was like barely functioning. Mm -hmm. I was so pissed all the time and just so short. And like, I could get the food on the table and everybody was clean and, mm -hmm. you know, there wasn't any, you know, physical abuse going on, but I wasn't showing up as the parent that I wanted to be. Um, and only until I started kind of like filling up my own tank that I was able to function better as a parent. So mm -hmm. I don't know. That's kind of interesting detour we took. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Do we have any other questions that have come up? over the course of talking about these couple of models. We can put those out there now. We have a few minutes left. 
Anything anybody has questions on or wants to talk about? Thank you so much, number 16. You're awesome. Sure. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you. Let's see. Anybody else? Okay. To attendee. Okay, so I put 16 back as an attendee. Let's see, we have a little bit of time left. And if anybody else has a question about the model or um, a question about coaching, anything really, question about Lyme disease, because I did a, line, a lot of Lyme research this past week, <laughs> question about anything. We are ready for you. And it's okay if you don't. Oh, <laughs> so I'm an orthopedic surgeon. I live in Southern California where Lyme is not endemic and I take care of children. So um, this boy came in with a huge swollen knee and uh, around here, that's usually a septic needs. We don't have Lyme, but because I took a history like a good doctor does and got a travel history, they traveled to Bucks County, Pennsylvania every year. And sure enough, this kid had um, positive Lyme titers. But since I don't deal with it ever, I was just kind of going back to med school days and doing all the research about Lyme to try to figure out, you know, what I needed to order and, um, you know, how it's treated because I basically did everything. So the kid didn't have to like get shuffled around to different specialists to get, um, you know, like the medication started. I started him on his antibiotic and stuff like that. So it was super fun. I know sometimes like, sometimes I hate my job so much and I just like want to quit so bad. And then other days <laughs> I just, I'm like, this is the best thing ever. We had two cool ones. Um, we had a scurvy case, also pediatric orthopedic surgery, this autistic kid who has like a really, um, a really regimented diet. He only eats mac and cheese and like Gerber peach yogurt, which it turns out has no peaches in it. It's like basically sugar and some toxic stuff. But anyway, he had scurvy because he had like zero vitamin C is amazing. So it was super fun. Those are the two diagnostic, um, victories of the past month. Okay, wonderful people. Um, if you don't have any further questions then we'll just call it. We don't need to sit here. Otherwise I will have verbal diarrhea for the rest of the night. Um, I think we are gonna get into kind of the whole dumpster fire aspect of things um, later in the month with our various coaching calls. I hope you were able to join us. Otherwise, look for us on the Room One homepage or website. And then the podcast is coming. So people will be able to listen to these playbacks on your commute. That's coming momentarily. All right. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for your participation. And thank you for doing the thought work. And always let us, let us know if there's any question or if something's not making sense or whatever. We're here. You can go on the um, coach at commonthreadwomensurgeons.com and ask questions there too. Thank you very much and have a wonderful night.